Things in the Name of Love, Episode 4, Mindfulness and the Power of Your Thoughts. This podcast was created by Dr. Erica Reesberg. The theme song, Rise Up for Love, was created and sung by Megan Moreau. The first three episodes were created to guide you to awareness of your actions and hopefully help you become more aware of choice and how you can change your behaviors and get more in tune with yourself. This episode is going to further your understanding of the premise that your thoughts actually attract your situation. I'll provide links to a lot of resources for this, as it's a paradigm shift, and will really help you shift into the power behind mindfulness. I'll start off with Mike Dooley, who is an author, speaker, and all-around insightful guy to learn from. He has a beautiful mindset. Your thoughts become things. I'll break this down. Quantum physicists have proven that when you get down past the molecules, past the smallest thing you can imagine in your body, you are a bunch of quantum particles. Quantum particles aren't predictable. They don't have patterns. They function on probabilities. We're made up of them. Think about that for a moment. So we think we're predictable. You know, the day-to-day, same-stuff thing, yet in reality, we're just a bunch of cells waiting for probability. We've just fallen into the illusion that we have to follow patterns. Pretty wild, right? Well, that's where Mike's concept comes in. Thoughts. What you focus on becomes your probable. That was taking me a while to wrap my head around. Yet, now that I'm aware, I'm seeing shifts. It's pretty amazing. Okay, part two. Dr. Bruce Lipton, an epigenetics pioneer and author of the book, The Biology of Belief. After studying genes for several years, he came upon a wild notion that your genes respond to what you focus on. In fact, your brain can be rewired based on what you focus on. Yes, it's a little simplistic. So here's an example. Say I've had a loss, which I've actually experienced a lot. So I grieve a lot, and in ways that help me. So as an aside, don't try to impose boundaries on yourself or anyone else grieving, as it's a deeply personal experience. You don't have to get it. Just respect it. Okay, back to the context of loss. I'm feeling a host of emotions. Over time, my body becomes exhausted from it, especially since, in the case of my dad, I worked my grief out by training for a triathlon. After a few months, that did not feel good anymore. I started paying attention to things outside of the grief, and over time, I felt more balanced. So my mind knew it was contextual. My body understood it, and while I still have moments of sadness, That's no longer my primary wiring. 
If I had been unable to look outside of that grief, I'd have a completely different ability to function in the world. I'd see things through the lens of grief all the time and not be able to see past it. Okay, on to part three. Meditation. I know. Who wants to sit quietly for 30 minutes a day? If you've never done it, it does sound pretty daunting. It sure did for me. So I started with a guided one. I listened to it daily for about three years. One of its massive focuses was on forgiveness. And each time I listened, I felt more healing. When I felt complete with that, I moved on to others. Two years ago, I started sitting and chanting Om for 11 minutes. After six months, that became 22 minutes. And now it's 30. I gotta say, I am flat out cranky now if I don't meditate daily. And sometimes I do it twice a day. You think you don't have time? Look at where you focus your time and see if you can carve out 11 minutes. Now there are apps that can help you with this. Try it. Seriously. You may, as I did, start to crave it. It's pretty incredible. And now part four. Energetic health. I've alluded to this a bit already. Our essence is energetic. We're quantum beings. If you're a highly sensitive person, you'll pick up on the vibe of a room or the tenor of a movie, or you pick up on the energy of others and get drained. You probably get overwhelmed pretty easily. I know I have for years. I now have a host of tools I use to keep me grounded and not picking up on the energy of others. My mentor, Christian Strang, offers two tools I'll mention here. The first is an energetic health kit for daily care of your body and your energetic health. The other is for emotional work, and it's called the Empowerment Guide. It's a very powerful toolkit that's helped me countless times clear out limiting beliefs and old traumas and connect more to my soul. Another resource is Donna Eden, who has a host of energetic tools to keep you grounded and clear, too. Michelle Anita Werda is an intuitive and a coach who helps you get past your ego and into the being you truly want to be with energetic tools. There are countless other resources and modalities. I'm sharing these as a jumping-off point for you to start considering. There's body talk, tapping, quantum energy healing. Seriously. It doesn't matter what you pick, but I am suggesting that you start factoring in your energy as part of your overall self-care. It's that important. I realize I'm giving you a brief overview of all of this, and I also know that that's a lot to digest. So I'll stop here and give you the action item of the week. If you feel called, check out one or more of the resources I've provided. They're here for you to use them. So take advantage of them. Until next week, I bid you peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. And let it flow.